Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. What's up, monkeys? Monkey Dan here, and welcome to the Live Wild or Die podcast. In this episode, I want to talk about the first principles of health and wellness. So I've really been thinking about this a lot, and I've distilled out four first principles of health and wellness, and they're kind of in this pyramid of order of importance. But before we dive into that, I want to talk about our barefoot training with Monkey360. We just got new barefoot mats back in stock. Tweaked the design a little bit. They're rad. And it's training that I think a lot of us were not doing a lot of single leg plyometric training. But man, I uh, I rolled my ankle a few years back. I've talked about this on the podcast. It was the Grand Canyon rim to rim to rim. I rolled my ankle like a half mile into it. Went back and did the run like three or four weeks later. But my ankle still just, there's just a little bit of kind of range of motion issues, some strength, and I'm, I can pretty much do everything. I just, I notice it every once in a while. So the type of training you're doing with the barefoot mat, it's a lot of lateral diagonal plyometric training. And a lot of it is using only just one leg. So that's something I think a lot of us are not doing often, especially if you're not really running or anything like that. And I think trail running in particular just gives you that unique agility to respond to the environment. So barefoot training, you're going to be using 360. You're going to be using the mat and the app just walks you through all the different movements. And it's something, it was really fun to build. And I've got a mat. I'm standing, there's one sitting right behind me here, but I love using it just as it kind of gives you this, this map and this framework to do your training within. So check it out. They're on the monkey.co and I'll link in the show notes as well, but hope you guys enjoy the episode. Here we go. What's up monkeys monkey Dan here and welcome to the live wild or die podcast. On this episode, I want to talk about some first principles of health and wellness. And this is something I've really been thinking about a lot recently. And I've distilled out these four pillars or these four levels of health and fitness pyramid that are the, they're on the first principle level. So these are the things that I think you got to get dialed before you dive into the minutia of the physicality side. So sets, reps, equipment, excuse me, exercises, things of that nature. If you can get this base pyramid dialed, you're just going to have such better results. I think it's going to make your life so much better. Just from a holistic standpoint. And for years, I was just so caught up in that, that minutia of sets, reps, exercises, programs, all that. And I, I really, I think neglected this bigger picture. And now that I've gotten a little bit older, I'm not 20. I'm a dad. The business is getting busier. It's just time is becoming such so much more limited. So I really have to consider all the little things that add up to this greater whole. So this is what I've distilled out and it's in order of importance. So it'd be like, number one is the base of the pyramid. Number two would be the next level up. And this is kind of how I would prioritize the first principles and then start to dive into the small details. So let's check it out. So number one, I put as sleep and I really thought long and hard about this, but 
you know, when do you recover? When do you get stronger? It's when you sleep. And so you can be eating super awesome. You can be training your ass off, ripping out 360 reps, getting on pocket, MB2s, whatever it is. You can be just be crushing reps, putting in all the hard work. But if you're not getting quality sleep, you're just, you're not going to absorb that training. So you can think about it like a monkey that's getting just this clean, solid sleep every night. Maybe they absorb like 80, 90% of their training, but then someone that's super stressed, maybe they're drinking like a six pack or a couple bottles of wine to just down regulate at night. They're only going to absorb like 10% of their training, right? So again, back to the minutia is it doesn't really matter what program you're doing. If you're not absorbing the training, it's, it's kind of irrelevant. So really focus on your sleep. Think about your sleep hygiene, really make it a priority. There's all kinds of just small little tricks you can do to get better sleep. Just a few things I've been doing is no phone in the bedroom. That's been, I've been doing that for years now. Just, you don't have to use willpower. Just, there's nothing there to look at. It doesn't distract you. There's no rings, dings, or alarms going off, which I turn all that stuff off anyways, but just keep the phone, charge it in the kitchen, outside in the hall, whatever you need to do, but get it out of the bedroom. For me, reading helps a lot at night. So I've got my Kindle, which ideally I'm not reading on a Kindle, but it doesn't actually, the light, I have it so low. I don't really think it affects me. And I I'll almost hit myself in the face with it, uh, falling asleep by reading while reading, but I've heard, and I've actually experienced myself reading fiction can help you get kind of into that right state of mind for dreaming, which I've for sure noticed, but it's not an exclusive. I just, I'll read anything, you know, it'll go back and forth between fiction, and nonfiction. I have noticed like if I'm reading like a business book or something like that, where I start, my mind starts churning into like problem solving mode that definitely can make it a little bit harder to sleep versus like fiction. You're kind of, you're imagining, you know, as you're reading along. So I think that does really help a lot. So those are some things that are help have helped for me. And I'm sure there's way better advice out there on the internet or in books as well. So find out, figure out a way to clean up your sleep, get good quality sleep. And that's going to be the foundation. Again, the whole point of the sleep is so that you can absorb all the other stuff you're doing, right? Okay. Number two is stress management. And I thought about this a lot, but I ultimately put stress management as number two because man, it's like psychological pain can be worse than physical pain. I'm sure, you know, if anyone, I'm sure most people listening have gone through some sort of episode where, whether it's a breakup, loss of a loved one, some other tragedy, you know, that psychological pain, it's just all encompassing. It just, you feel ill, you feel sick. And I was diving into the stress response a lot, a few months back and kind of what I concluded from a kind of a one sentence thesis would be the body is optimized for fight or flight. And we're not optimized for chronic worrying. And, you know, in the Western world, it's, it's a strange, it's such a strange time in the sense of like our physical safety has never been better or there has never been less of a threat to our physical safety. But this 
kind of insidious, low level chronic worrying is at an all time high. So I don't, I don't really have a great answer for what to do about it. But I think the first thing is just maybe try and identify what is causing, what are the sources of that? And then if you can find the source, then at least you can have something to, to work on. And, you know, I know in the States, just mind training, mental health, psychological health, that's always kind of been like hush, hush, you know, it's, it's strange because it is such a powerful thing and it's so important and it really does affect your physical body. But, you know, I went up to see the wild man Earl up in Lofoten, Norway, you know, he's a psychologist up there and it's, it's just not, it's not, there's not the, um, gosh, I'm totally blanking on the word. There's not the stigma that there is here in the States with mental health and, you know, just times of psychological distress. So seems like we're on a trajectory to kind of be a little bit more open and accepting of that, but man, we've still got a ways to go. And, you know, especially if you've grown up in that environment of like, just kind of head down, shut your mouth, grit through it, you know, you can kind of default to that mode, even when it, you know, maybe you really need to communicate or talk to someone or get something out. You know, I think counseling is something again, that has a huge stigma behind it, but it really is super helpful and it just, it's so relieving. I've done it. I mean, I've gone to counseling. It's, uh, I've talked to friends about it and it's not, it's not, a, it's not that big a deal. It's super helpful. And it, it wasn't for anything like, uh, I would say, I don't really want to go into super specifics, but you know, there wasn't like a crisis or anything like that. It was just, it was kind of like a few steps ahead of that crisis kind of nipping something in the bud, but super helpful. And, uh, again, it's like, I've told a few friends that we're having some issues and I, I, I really would recommend it for, if you're going through a really tough time and you don't have someone to talk to and you just, sometimes it's like just getting out your true feelings. How do you really feel, man? It's rare. You get to say that to another human being, especially if there's stakes involved. So Highly recommended. And um, other than that, it's just, I think, identifying the source of this, particularly chronic stress. You know, it's just if you can identify the source, at least you have a target and something to work on. So, stress is number two. Number three, I put as nutrition. And just I have some subheaders here. I put I used to say plants and animals. I'm going to say for nutrition, animals and plants. The reason why is I think protein needs to be kind of foundation of most of your meals and where that protein comes from. I'm agnostic, but I'm going to say nutrition is built on plants and animals. And I think, however, whatever works for you. I mean, I've always, I've said this for a while now, but it really is, I think a personal self-experiment. And I think the, the, the easiest way for me to communicate nutrition is what not to do. So I just have two things, eliminate processed and industrial food. If you eliminate those things, you're going to be at a great spot, but nutrition is number three. This is something I've never had a lot to comment on, but I, it is, I think super important and just you listen to your body. If you eat something, you feel like shit, don't eat it. You know, you got to experiment, look at your sources of food. I know that's kind of, that can be an issue if 
from like a economic and financial standpoint, but you know, quality food, I think could pay dividends down the road. So you might recoup that investment. Something to think about. I've actually, just a side note, there's a shout out to Craig, Colorado Craig. Yeah. He runs a company called Locavore and essentially he sources it's meat from all these local farms. It's all grass fed, pasture raised, and uh, just the quality is off the hook. So I, I think there's definitely more things like that emerging on the local level. Same thing with farmers markets. Check that stuff out. But I really think in general, you're going to get what you pay for. Not that it's necessary, but if you have the means, maybe something to consider. And number four is non-exercise activity. So the, the number one mode or means of non-exercise activity is walking. And I've really, I heard Kelly Sturrett say this a while ago, but I've really tried to get 10 to 12,000 steps a day minimum. And it's actually, it hasn't been that difficult. Typically I'll start the day with a two to three mile jog or walk. And by walk, I really mean hike because I'm out on the trails, man, the views, it's great. But that's kind of my first movement in the morning besides like squaffy, squatting down, drinking coffee. But I get that in and then throughout the rest of the day, it's like just chipping away, adding steps. And I really do. I feel so much better. And I've noticed from when I would do like a one hour or even two hour, like super intense like training session. And then nothing else, I still didn't sleep that great. And I think doing the higher volume of walking, it's just, it's helping my body recover. It's pushing fluid around. It's helping me down regulate. I've just kind of burnt out all that extra, I think mental energy as well, because you get to, I'll listen to podcasts sometimes, but I'll also intentionally walk just nothing and just let my thoughts flow. And man, there's nothing like, the trails here in the woods as it starts to get warmer, just for thinking, for brainstorming, no, no headphones, no earbuds, nothing, just letting your thoughts flow. And man, just the stuff that comes out like idea wise is amazing. You just got to have something to write it down with. So still have the phone, just, it's not like in my ear. Another reference from Dr. Kelly Starrett was a book called Muscles and Meridians. It's a super technical kind of uh, embryology book, but it's basically talking about how bodies develop from like an embryo into the body and evolution and all these different things. It's again, very technical. I'm going to need to read it like three times, but essentially what they say is two things. The human body, the way from, from like the, from when the egg is fertilized, the way the cells differentiate, differentiate and are aligned, the way that happens, it essentially makes the human body extremely efficient and extremely optimized for walking. And it's that kind of hip and shoulder rotation for, for just a real short description. But our body, just from the moment we exist were designed to be walkers. And the second thing is sitting on the floor. It just, it adds another book I've been reading called exercise. Daniel Lieberman. He was just on uh, there's a art of manliness podcast with him talking about this book. It's called exercised. 
And essentially he, he studied hunter gatherers for years and he's kind of debunking this myth of, I think they call it the athletic savage. But he's basically talking about hunter gatherers. And I think we got to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt, but they're not like doing CrossFit for 10 hours a day. You know, they're, they're moving, they're active, but it's very low level. And a, a big part of that activity is sitting on the ground. And that engages, it's just, it's, it's like the difference between standing on a flat surface and standing on stoic. The, your muscles are so much more engaged. You're having to constantly shift position. It's just a totally different thing than sitting in like a cush, perfectly ergonomically designed chair that supports your back. So you just, you're turning off all these muscles. So again, I think this non-exercise activity, and it's just, developing a walking practice, getting outside. There's so many, it it all kind of ties together in a way, right? So the walking helps with the sleeping and what's it? Oh, and helps de-stress you as well. Just kind of letting those thoughts circle out, kind of letting things just flush out of your system a little bit more. But a lot of these things tie together the nutrition you're not, you can eat super well, but again, if you're not sleeping, are you absorbing that nutrition in the same way of someone that's, than if you were sleeping like awesome. So it is a pyramid, but it also kind of cycles back or it all ties back onto each other. So would love to hear what you guys think. You know, there's certainly ways to, to nuance these, uh, first principles a little bit more, but yeah, this is just, it's what I've been thinking a lot about recently. And again, it's just, as time has become more limited, I'm really just having to be just a lot more conscious about how I use that time. And just, I just, I want to, I don't want to sacrifice time with my kids and my family, but I also don't want to lose my physical capability. So it's just trying to really find balance and just live the best life, live the wildest life. So hopefully this is helpful. Stoked to hear what you guys think. And, keep the conversation going. So I'll see you guys out there. Monkey on.